Welcome to the City Baptist Church Podcast, where our desire is to find meaning and mission in following Jesus. God designed us to thrive in the context of community, and we would love to have you join us for a weekend service soon in Vancouver. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting verse 14, the Bible says this, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Let's uh, say a quick word of prayer, ask the Lord to bless this time, and then we'll dive right into the message. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this time that we've had together to worship you, and Lord, to be able to sing. And uh, Lord, we thank you now for this time that we have to look into your word. Lord, we thank you for the fact that your word is a living book and that it uh, has something for each and every one of us. We pray that today you'd speak to us through it and that you would uh, just help us, Lord, uh, as the Bible says, to not just be hearers today, but to be doers, to be able to apply it and uh, live it out what we hear. And we thank you for this time. We pray that you bless it. Keep us safe throughout this day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I've entitled the message uh, for today, The Foolproof Ministry. The Foolproof Ministry. And uh, it's actually, it's kind of a, a play on words, and it's the foolproof slash fullproof ministry. So you look at the last uh, verse that we just read, and he says, Make full proof of thy ministry. But I believe in the, the verses that we're going to look at today that Paul gives us a foolproof plan on how to fully prove our ministry. And so we're going to look at that today because I, I believe that's what Paul is saying. Uh, he, he gives us this way, uh, you know, scripture teaches us that all of us are called to ministry. Uh, all, all of us uh, are called to, the Bible calls it the ministry of reconciliation, to bring people and reconcile people to God uh, and to witness. And we're all called to that ministry. But this word ministry here uh, alludes to our Christian lives as a whole. Uh, and, and we can see that because Paul immediately follows the line uh, that, we, the, that we just read of making full proof of your ministry with some famous words that many people know Paul wrote uh, that says, I fought, a good, I fought the good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. He's saying, uh, he's saying you know, this is my ministry, I've completed it, I've got to the end. Uh, and really the, the way that he's saying it is he's saying, hey, this isn't a game. This is, uh, this is something that you need to take seriously. You need to finish your race strong. Finish the race strong. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if 
Uh, you all know much about the, the movie Ben-Hur. I, I, I didn't watch it for many years uh, growing up, but once I heard about it, I got to watch it. Uh, but in the making of this movie, they were uh, gearing up for the chariot race scene. Uh, which is one of the scenes of that movie that's rem- uh, really it's remembered for. And the director, DeMille, he talked to Charleston Heston uh, about learning to drive the chariot himself. And he felt like it would be better for the movie if Heston was driving the chariot in the race instead of a stunt double. And so Heston, he learned how to drive the chariot, uh, which is no easy task. Uh, you look at it and he had to drive it with four horses in front side by side. And when it came time to film the chariot race, Uh, It said that Heston said to the director, DeMille, I think I can drive the chariot all right, but I don't think I can win this race. And uh, the director said to Heston this, you just make sure to stay in the race. I'll make sure you win it. You make sure to stay in the race. I'll make sure you win it. And I feel like that's what Paul's trying to tell Timothy here in this letter. He's saying, Timothy, Stay in the race. Finish strong. In Hebrews 12, we find out that our life as a Christian is a race. And just as Heston would have had to remember many different things about driving that chariot to stay in the race, we too must remember some different things in order to stay in the race of this life of Christianity. If you were to look up the word continue uh, at the beginning of our passage where it says, but continue thou. That word continue uh, in that first verse, uh, you'd find definitions like this for that word, to go on or to keep on, to last or endure, uh, to remain or to stay. Well, why would we as believers need to continue, need to remain, need to endure? Uh, If you were to look at the beginning of the chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 3, Up until verse 14, where we started reading, uh, Paul is telling Timothy, perilous times will come. Uh, The people on this earth are going to get worse and worse. Uh, Really, you read the first 13 verses leading up to it, and it's really not that much of an encouraging thing, it seems like, because he says, says, people are going to get worse and worse. The world's going to get worse and worse. And he comes into, uh, I believe it's verse 12, it is, and he says, all that live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. Isn't that an encouraging thought? That all of us are going to, if we try to live righteously, suffer persecution. So he's saying all of these things, and he's saying this really isn't a game. Okay, Timothy, Christianity, being a believer in Christ, is not for the faint of heart. You'll, you'll need to endure some things. You'll need to keep on. You'll need to continue. So right at the beginning of our reading today, Paul's already urging Timothy and us to continue to endure, to stay. If we want to be the unstoppable church, we want to be the unstoppable Christian, uh, we have to stay true to God. We have to continue. Well, uh, what are some things that we need to continue in? And I see, first of all, that Paul says this. He says, stay in the Word of God. That's the first thing he says when he says continue. Stay in the word of God. Continue in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. Paul starts by telling Timothy that he knows he grew up learning the scriptures. He had no excuse not to continue in God's word because he grew up hearing of its importance. I, I have written right there in my Bible. I grew up in a Christian home, and so I have written right there, I have no reason not to continue. I have no excuse not to continue because I've grown up knowing that. 
And not everyone is as fortunate to grow up learning the importance of God's word. So Paul then starts to explain to anyone that reads this letter that they have no excuse not to stay in God's word. Well, uh, what are some reasons uh, that we need to continue into the Bi- to, in the Bible? Uh, I, I think, first of all, he tells us because it tells us the gospel. It tells us the gospel. Right in verse 14, 15, he says, "...which are able to make thee wise unto salvation." through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The word of God, it holds the truth of salvation. Yes. And I, I'm so thankful for the gospel. Uh, within the pages of the Bible is recorded the greatest love story of all, that God sent his only son to be born in human flesh, the infinite, yeah. wrapped up as an infant. Yeah. <laughs> and the very son of God would be tempted exactly as we are and yet live a sinless life. And then he would one day go to a rugged cross to die for your sin and for my sin. We can have salvation because because of what Jesus did for us. And the entire account is recorded in the Word of God. Uh, Maybe someone might be here this morning and and you don't know Christ as your Savior. I I don't know. You you might not know that if you die today that you'd go to heaven. Uh, Can I tell you this? The Bible tells you you can know. (laughs) It tells us that God loves us. So much in John 3.16 that he gave his only son to die for us, that we might have everlasting life. Well, why did God have to send his son? Because uh, in Romans 3.23, it says we're all sinners and we've fallen short of the glory of God. We can't make it to heaven on our own. In fact, in Romans 6, it says if we were to work ourselves, uh, for try to work the payment off ourselves for our sin, that we would have to do so uh, in death, in death. Uh, on our way to hell. Uh, But that same verse tells us that God sent us a gift through Jesus Christ, eternal life uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He came to pay for our sin, pay the price. It says he demonstrated, he commendeth his love in Romans 5. It says, toward us, he commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, And all that we have to do to accept this gift is to believe and to ask uh, Jesus to be our Savior. Romans 10 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I still remember when God spoke to me as a child through His Word, and I recognized my need for my Savior. And this is one of the reasons why God's Word should be prevalent in our lives. We should stay in the Word of God because it will be a consistent reminder of what Christ has done for us, which will in turn motivate us to do more for Him. So we need to stay in the Word of God. Why? Well, it tells us the gospel. And then he says this, we need to also because it's inspired by God. It's inspired by God. He says in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration, inspired, means God breathed. God literally relayed his words to the human writers. God is the sole author of this book. I love how the discipleship book that uh, we go through at our church puts it. It says, if you were to have just 10 different writers write about one controversial subject, you would get 10 different differing opinions on the matter. However, the Bible has 66 writers and covers uh, or 66 uh, uh, books and many writers covers a wide variety of controversial subjects. And yet it agrees completely with itself. There's only one conclusion for this. The Bible has only one author, God, but many writers. (laughs) This is God's book. Uh, He wrote it specifically for us. 
And, and this is one of the reasons we must keep it close. We must stay in the Word of God because God took the time to relay these words to the human writers, specifically to communicate with us. Uh, he says we need to stay in the Word of God because it, it tells us the gospel and it, it's inspired by God. And then he tells us because it's profitable. Uh, it's not just a, a random book. It is something that is profitable for you. And he tells us uh, that it's profitable for a few things. He says it's profitable for doctrine. That's what is true. Uh, that's how we know what we believe. Because of the Bible, we believe that salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone, not by works. Because of God's word, we believe that Jesus was truly God. He wasn't just a good man or a rabbi. He was 100% God in human flesh. Because of the Bible, we, we believe that a bad, baptism is an outward showing of identifying with Christ. It's a picture of what has happened at salvation, uh, not a part of salvation. The water doesn't wash away someone's sin. Scripture is profitable for doctrine. We need to stay in the Word of God because we need to know what we believe. Uh, it, it says it's profitable for reproof. That is, tells us what is wrong. Uh, this is how we know what, what we're doing in life is wrong, <laughs> whether something we might be doing. Have you ever been listening to the Bible being taught or preached, or maybe it was in your personal Bible reading time, uh, and all of a sudden you realize something that you're doing or a certain way of your thinking is wrong? <laughs> That's one of the ways that God's Word is profitable. It shines a light on the darkness of our lives. It tells us where we're wrong and what needs to change in our lives. And then it tells us it's profitable for correction. That's what is right. Uh, this is how we know what we should be doing instead of the things that it tells us we're doing wrong. I'm, I'm glad that God's Word doesn't just tell us we're wrong. Uh, it also tells us things that we uh, can replace instead and be doing instead. I love the passage in Ephesians where it tells us uh, to put off some things and to put on some other things. That's where correction comes into play with God's Word. It shows us what we're doing that is wrong, but then gives us tangible ways to live out the Christian life by telling us what is right. And then it says it's profitable for instruction and righteousness. How to do what's right. God doesn't just tell us what is right in His Word. He's written practical ways to implement those practices into our lives. I'm glad the Bible doesn't just tell us what is right, like you need to pray. God has placed in His Word how to pray. After this manner, therefore pray ye. He gives us a model of prayer. It doesn't just tell us that we need to grow. It tells us how to grow. Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. It tells us to be in his word. Uh, it, and then Paul uh, continues that thought by telling us we should also stay in the word of God because it makes us more like Christ. It makes us more like Christ. Verse 17 says that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The goal is perfect, perfection or completeness in Christ. And the means is the word of God. That's what it says. The goal is perfection, but the means is the Word of God. Friends, we need God's Word. We all need it. Uh, there was a time in my life where the Lord made it very clear to me uh, how much I needed His Word in my life. I was uh, on an internship down all the way in the deep south of America in Georgia. Uh, and uh, as I was there, uh, there was a lot that I had to be in charge of. I, I was uh, helping to run a church camp on some weeks. I was running VBSs on other weeks. Uh, and I, I, every weekend I was either traveling and singing or uh, I was heading back to the church where I was stationed out of to uh, fill in the pulpit to preach. And there were a lot of early mornings. There were a lot of long days. There were a lot of late nights. And uh, I came to the point where I decided I didn't have time for everything I needed to do. And, uh, and so I said I didn't have 
time to read my Bible. There was just too much going on in the, in the days is what I thought. I, so I cut out my Bible reading because I was hearing so much preaching at these vacation Bible schools and camps and everything. So I didn't really need a personal time in his word, right? Well, wrong. <laughs> my attitude started to change. Uh, I started to feel like uh, the days were much more stressful on me. Uh, my workload didn't change at all, but somehow I was going to bed more stressed and I was waking up more angry than usual. Uh, the smallest things set me off and, and I could tell the rest of the team that I was working with uh, was starting to feel that I was a burden to be around. <laughs> one night we were driving back on a Sunday night from singing at a few different churches. It was another one of those long days. We were in uh, southern Florida uh, on Sunday morning to sing, we had to travel all the way over to Alabama uh, to sing Sunday night, and then uh, on the way back to Valdosta, Georgia, to be there in the morning at 9 a.m. There were going to be about 250 campers showing up to this camp, and we had to be ready for them when we got there to the camp. And uh, our our driver, it's in the middle of the night. We're in the middle of nowhere, south of South uh, U.S. and uh, it, we get to a point where our driver tells us, oh, I forgot to fill up with gas. <laughs> and uh, and th I was already getting set off easily, but I remember just being spitting mad. I mean, I was so mad. And, uh, and everyone was miserable because of my attitude about it. And, uh, and we ended up getting to this point where we actually, we ran out of gas. Uh, there's this hill that we had to get over, and we ran out of gas about right here. <laughs> and uh, so he... Push, uh, you know, pushes in the e-brake and gets it uh, there where we can kind of all get behind the van and push it over. And I remember no gas in this vehicle. We're pushing it. We're, we don't know any, anywhere of a gas station on the GPS. It's not showing us anything. Uh, and we're pushing it over this hill and we get to the top of the hill. And once we get to the top, uh, we just kind of let it go down the hill by itself. He was in the driver's seat. He could take care of it. And I see this thing going down. There's a gas station at the end. Praise the Lord. We were like, yes. Uh, but I, I, I don't remember all of how the Lord correlated this in my mind. But I do remember as I watched that van go down the hill, uh, the Lord did show me this. Uh, because of my whole life, my attitude, everything was just going downhill. And so somehow the Lord correlated it to me that Bible reading in the Christian life is like gas for a vehicle. Uh, the only way you can run on empty is if you're going downhill. And uh, if you try to run without gas, you have no power. If you try to go through life without the Word of God influencing you daily, you're not going to have the power you need to get over temptations and trials. My friends, we need God's Word. To stay in the race, to finish strong, to make foolproof of our ministry, we need to stay in the Word of God. But then Paul also tells us this, we need to stay accountable to God. So we need to stay in the word of God, but we also need to stay accountable to God. Second, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, his appearing in his kingdom. Uh, he didn't say, hey, you need to do this because of me, Timothy. That's not what he said. He said, because of the perilous times that are coming, because of the persecution that's going to come, you need to stay in the word of God and you need to stay accountable to God for what you do. Uh, Three thoughts about us staying accountable to God. Number one is we will all give account to God and God alone. The Bible tells us all throughout. Romans 4.12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Ecclesiastes 12.14, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing 
whether it be good or whether it be evil. We don't give account to our pastor, to our church staff, to our friends for what we've done for Christ. We don't even give an account to our mama. We give an account to God alone. Now, those people are in our lives to help keep us accountable to God, uh, but ultimately, our ultimate accountability is to God. So we need to remember that. Another thought about being accountable to God is we don't need to worry about others' actions as much as we need to make sure we are right with God. Uh, I love Christ's answer to Peter in John chapter 21. Uh, he tells Peter, uh, after he's given him the fish and, and he's uh, talking to him, uh, all the disciples, and he looks at Peter and says, uh, Lovest thou me? And Peter says, You know I love you. And he says, Feed my sheep. And he goes through that three times. And after all that's taken place, he says to Peter, Follow me. And says that it tells us in the passage that Peter saw John following as well. And Peter says, Well, what about him? <laughs> And Jesus says, don't worry about him. He says, what, what is it to you if I have him, Terry, till I come? Mm-hmm. He says, you follow me. Yeah. We need to make sure that we are right with God before we uh, worry about others' actions. Sometimes we get caught up with how others are following Christ. and set, Instead, we just need to make sure that we are following him. Another thought is uh, don't compare yourselves to others. Giving account to God, don't compare yourselves to others, but to the standard of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.12 says, We dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Uh, Truly, if we uh, compare ourselves to another person, we can usually convince ourselves that we're doing pretty good. (laughs) But when we compare ourselves to Christ's standard, we will always fall short. And there's always a, a higher goal to attain to when we compare ourselves to the standard of Christ. So we need to stay accountable to God by not worrying about other people. We got enough, time, we got enough to worry about ourselves uh, with the Lord and, and not comparing ourselves to others, but comparing ourselves to Christ. So we need to stay in the Word of God. We need to uh, stay accountable to God. But then I see uh, here that Paul also says we need to stay faithful for God. We need to stay faithful for God. He says this in verse 2 through 5 of 2 Timothy 4. And he says a few things that we should stay faithful in. The first one I see is that he says we need to stay faithful in standing for truth. We need to stay faithful in standing for truth. He says some will turn away from the truth and others will not want to hear it. But we are called to stand for God's truth and to reprove and rebuke and exhort or encourage others in the truth. The world we live in, tries to convince us every day that things the Bible calls evil are perfectly okay to do and live out. But we must stand up for the truth of God's Word. Uh, Just as we saw moments ago, the Bible's profitable for us to know doctrine and to know what we believe. But what good is knowing what we believe if we don't stand up for what we believe in? We must be faithful to take a stand for truth. We also need to stay faithful in sharing the gospel. I see that in verse 2 when he says, Preach the Word. And in verse 5, when he says, do the work of an evangelist, we are called to spread the gospel. Amen. That word preach, uh, it means to proclaim, uh, to, to herald out, to herald forth the word. The work of an evangelist is to evangelize. And this is the call of every believer. And the last thing the Lord said when he was on this earth was to go and to teach all nations. He said that we, should, we, we would be witnesses for him. And it's been said that the Lord's final command should be our first priority. 
We are on this earth to point others to Jesus Christ. And the Lord wants us to give our lives uh, to the ministry of the gospel. We should be consistently trying to reach more and more people with the truth of the gospel. Uh, there, there should really be discomfort in our lives if we're not reaching more people now than we ever have before. Uh, there should be a healthy discomfort there. Uh, there are way too many people living in this world, yes, even uh, in this community, that are currently on their way to hell if they don't accept the gift of, uh, of Jesus Christ's payment on the cross. And yet, sadly, many Christians are not being faithful to share the gospel. We must stay faithful to, uh, for God by standing for truth and uh, by sharing the gospel, but then we must also be faithful in suffering for Christ. Now, we don't always like hearing that one. <laughs> But in verse 5, he says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Paul was telling Timothy to be on watch and to endure afflictions. When he says, make full proof of thy ministry, he's alluding to the fact that we might have to prove our service to God through our afflictions. Our suffering for Christ is something that proves our ministry or our service to the Lord. The Bible says that all uh, that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We are called to suffer, and we're supposed to count it a joy when we suffer. James says that in chapter 1 of his letter. The early church and the early Christians, they thought it an honor to suffer for Christ, even to death. The problem is we live in a world when, where no one really wants to die for Christ and few are even half interested in living for Him. Uh, we truly do. We live in a world where no one really wants to die for Christ and very few are even half interested in living for Him. This world, you know, it's not going to get better. But instead of turning unto fables and turning from the truth, we need to stay true to God. We need to continue. We need to stay in the Word and stay accountable to God and stay faithful in the truth, in witnessing and in suffering for the Lord. But could I add this last one as I close? Stay surrendered. Uh, we need to stay in the Word of God. We need to stay accountable to God. We need to stay uh, faithful for God. But we also need to stay surrendered to God. Uh, when you look at Paul's life, you find that he endured all kinds of trials. Uh, shipwreck multiple times. He, he got the same beatings as Jesus got with the cat of nine tails multiple times Paul did. Uh, Paul was stoned to death and came back to life. I mean, he went through some crazy things in his life, bitten by snakes. I mean, you, you just can find all of it uh, through the book of Acts and, and some of the things that he writes in his letters. Uh, and here he is uh, enduring all of this, and he's able to say he fought a good fight he, fight, he finished his course, and he kept the faith. He even says in other letters that he uh, wrote that none of what he has accomplished was because of himself, but because of God. And I believe that Paul was able to say these words at the end of his life because he stayed surrendered to God. Whatever God called Paul to do, he did. Uh, each and every one of us, uh, we have different and specific callings in our life. For our family, is to go start a church in Wenatchee, Washington. God may speak to you about witnessing to friends or coworkers. Uh, he might speak to you about how much to give toward missions. Uh, I, I don't know, only God knows what He's going to call you to do. But stay surrendered to Him and determine that you will continue. No backing down, no turning back. We're going to continue in His Word. We're gonna stay accountable to Him. And we're going to continue to be faithful and surrendered. We hope today's message was an encouragement in your relationship with Christ. To stay connected with us, you can like us on Facebook or give us a follow on Instagram at Van City Baptist. Our prayer is that God will uniquely bless and grow you as you pursue His will in your life.